Good morning, everyone. It's great to be with you here this morning and uh, share with you uh, the Word of God. Uh, welcome also if you've been maybe away on holiday and uh, maybe so, still some, some of our friends and family traveling back from holiday. But if you enjoyed a, a great holiday, welcome back. It's great to have you um, preparing for the school week that's starting this week. Can you believe it? Time is flying. It's like this, right? Uh, we also spent this weekend, by chance, in Dilstrom, and um, we, on Monday it was my wife's birthday, and uh, the snow started fall um, at 6.15 in Dilstrom. We arrived at 4 o'clock. Can you believe it? Uh, we were just at the right place, at the right time, and the next morning the snow was there. I don't know about you, but one of my most favorite things to do when I get to the beach is I like to jump into the sand, face everything, and just um, proclaim or shout and know everyone to know that I'm at the beach, it's holiday time, and I'm full of sand and all of that. Um, so just uh, maybe a note, don't try that with snow. <laughs> I didn't know that the snow was only this thick, and so I'm still trying to get the brick out of my ribs, trying, jumping in the snow, no, uh, just joking, but it was incredible to experience snow, I experienced snow when I was only eight years old in, uh, in the free state in Virginia, that was the first time I, I saw snow, so it was quite amazing for our family to, to see the snow, so yeah, welcome back everyone, it's great to have you back and, um, and share the word with you, my name is Rudo, and um, uh, great uh, to welcome our visitors as well this morning, if it's your first time here with us. And so as an eldership, we've been praying and trusting God for you and for our church. And, and we know that over the year, the past two years maybe, we know there's, God added quite a few people to our family, to our church. Um, and so we, we have found um, it necessary to, to preach into certain foundational topics um, over an extended period of time, and so we'll start with two, certain two topics, and then over some time we'll, we'll share more, um, but over the next two weeks we'll share on baptism, uh, the, the first foundational biblical belief of water baptism, and next week um, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, um, and for us just to get a fresh understanding and a biblical foundational view of these baptisms. And so uh, my topic today will be the foundational belief of water baptism. And so you're welcome to open your Bibles. Um, if you have your Bible with, with you, you will also know that over the past four weeks, if you've been joining us, that we did expository preaching from a certain book, sticking with a certain chapter. And so we preached only out of that chapter. So this sermon is not necessarily that. We will be it's more topical, and so we'll, we'll, we'll look at different scriptures from, from the New Testament about water baptism, and also our belief as a, as a Pentecostal charismatic church on this belief of water baptism. And so Acts 2 verse 37, you can, you're welcome to open in Acts 2 verse 37. So just quickly... Um, Jesus left, right, the disciples are now on their own. He said, wait, you'll receive 
the, 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 the Holy Spirit. They waited. In, in the beginning of chapter 4, Pentecost happened. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. And Peter preached the first sermon. You can read the, the first sermon of Peter in Acts 2. An incredible sermon that he preached, sharing the gospel and the truth of Jesus Christ. And at that point, when he shared that, the audience that was listening asked this question, and they said in verse 37, Now when they heard this, this gospel, this truth, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of the Father, uh, um, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And then in verse 41, so only those, remember now, not everyone did. Those who received his word were baptized. So it specifically says that because not everyone received the word. So only those who received the word were baptized. Then if we jump a few chapters on, we see Peter not just preaching this gospel message to the Jews, but then he was called into a, in a dream to go to the Gentiles, to Cornelius and, and his household. And so in Acts 10 verse 47, we read, um, then Peter declared to, he, to this household, can anyone withhold water from baptizing these people, Gentiles, people that are not Jews? Very much Romans, Romans, and in this piece, if you go and study this piece, you'll see that it was um, Roman soldiers. He was a centurion who, re, who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. And then verse 48, and he commanded them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And so Acts 2 and Acts 10, we see two diverse groups, right? The one group is Jews, religious, lawful. And we see in Acts 10, we see Gentiles, rebellious, sinful almost, right? But both these groups needed the same thing. They needed the gospel, Jesus being their Lord and their Savior. And both these groups had to respond the same, repent and be baptized. So it wasn't because they were Jews, they needed something different, or because they were Gentiles, they needed something different. No, the, the truth is the Jews and the Gentiles needed the same thing. They needed Jesus. They needed to repent the gospel, repent, receive salvation, and be baptized. And so we see this is a decision for everyone. This foundation is still true to this day. And so before we go into a little bit of church history, let's just pray over this word. Father, I pray that as we read your word today and study your word, Lord, may it not just be something that stays in this hall and nice words, Lord, but may like these first disciples or these first people hearing your gospel message saying, what shall we do? We are cut to the heart. Help us. May we this morning, Lord, May when you speak into our hearts, Lord, may we repent and come to the fullness of your truth and say, Lord, what shall we do? Help me. Thank you for this. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Now, I want to share with you just a little bit of church history. 
anyone that, that loves history, um, I, I found uh, church history quite um, interesting. Um, I, can, I can read like for hours about it, but I don't, I don't want to keep you busy with church history for that long, but here's just a brief history for us to understand where water baptism comes from and why we do it. So the Jews, the followers of Jesus in the early days were Jews and they were in the minority, right? And then the gospel went to the Gentiles and as the church was planted in Antioch, we read this in Acts 11 verse 26, Gentiles joined the church and this is where the first time where they called um, the followers of Jesus Christians. So then in 1054, we see the great schism, which means division. So this was the, f- the first church division that happened in church history in 1054. And the church was divided between the Roman Catholics and the Eastern Orthodox Church. So this formed the two mainstream Christian beliefs, right? The Roman Catholics and the Eastern Orthodox Church. And then in the 16th century, there came a third branch of Christian belief, which was... Um, through the Reformation that happened and the Reformers, uh, the Protestant church was established, or the, the Protestant Christian denominational beliefs. So in the Protestant church, we found different denominations, Luther, Lutherism, we found the Methodist church, we find uh, uh, the, the, the Anglicans, that forms all part of the Protestant uh, church branch. And then in the 20th century, a new branch, the fourth branch of Christianity emerged, which is called the Pentecostal Charismatic Movement, right? And so these form today form our four mainstream Christian beliefs in church history. In the early 20th century, we had 8 million Pentecostal Charismatics. That was in the beginning of the 20th century. And then in the opening of the 21st century, we had 432 million Pentecostal Charismatics. That is 50 times more. And so this movement, the Pentecostal Charismatic movement, has grown in such a way that today it forms part of, it forms the second largest Christianity branch just after the Roman Catholics. And so the Roman Catholics is the biggest Um, Christianity movement, they are just, I think, now over one billion. And then we have the Pentecostal Charismatics, um, and then the Protestant Church, and then the Eastern Orthodox, right? So that's just a little bit of church history for you. Um, So from the Roman Catholics to the Orthodox to the Protestant Church, which is quite formal institutions to this day, they believe their doctrine about baptism is infant baptism. You have to understand this. Infant baptism. So most, most uh, Protestant churches believe in, in the infant baptism. Roman Catholics, Orthodox But the fourth branch of Christianity, Pentecostal Charismatics, along with the Baptist Church, moved to the believer's baptism. And that is what we believe. As a Pentecostal Charismatic Church, as every nation, not just every nation Swana, every nation global, 
We are a Pentecostal charismatic church. And we are recognized as evangelicals. That is who we are. That is what we believe. And so from this, this is our belief and statement of faith about baptism. We believe that baptism is an an ordinance of the Lord by which those who have repented and come to faith express their union with Christ in His death and resurrection by being immersed in water. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. It is a sign of belonging to the new people of God. And an emblem of burial and cleansing signifying death to the old life. Unbelief and purification from the pollution of sin. And so um, John Piper um, gave this definition of, of water baptism. But it's a nice definition if it cannot be proven from Scripture, right? And so therefore it is important for us to understand the biblical truths from this definition of what water baptism is. Amen? Are you with me this morning? So water baptism is an instruction by Jesus. If we read this, it is an instruction by Jesus. It is an association through faith. And it is a submission to God's kingdom. I'm going to say this again. It is an instruction by Jesus. It is an association through faith, and it is a submission to God's kingdom. If we speak about an instruction by Jesus, Jesus instructed water baptism. It is an ordinance of the Lord, is is what this definition says. It's an ordinance. What do we mean when we say it is an ordinance of the Lord? It means Jesus commanded it. He instructed it. He ordained it. He planned it. He he said we, we should do it in a way that gives an ongoing practice in the church. Jesus initiated it. In Matthew 28 verse 19, we see the reference to this teaching where he, he instructed his disciples to go and make disciples. Matthew 28 verse 19. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. And there Jesus instructed it, commanded it. Baptizing them. Baptizing them. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Go and make disciples. And baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. Jesus said this. It was his instruction, his command, his initiation. Water baptism is a command by Jesus himself. And so there's the gospel. So we share the gospel, the good news of Jesus. We receive salvation through Jesus and what he did on the cross. And then the command is be baptized. Acts 8 verse 36 to 37 We see um, Philip walking with the Ethiopian, um, Enoch, and, and, and in their conversation, this Ethiopian got the conviction to be baptized. And so he said, he said to Philip, see, here is water, what hinders me from being baptized? And Philip said to him, if you believe, if you believe with all your heart, you may. And then the the Ethiopian said, he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. 
And therefore, they went in into the water, and the Ethiopian was baptized. In this instruction by Jesus, baptism is also in the name of the triune God, right? We baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Because we believe in the Trinity of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It is an instruction by Jesus to baptize in the Trinity of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so this is what we believe. And lastly, in this instruction by Jesus, baptism is part of the sacraments to be kept after salvation. And so we see in the Word of God two sacraments that we remind and that we keep. It is baptism and communion. And so in our Every Nation Statement of Faith with regards to sacraments, we read, we believe that water baptism and communion are the two sacraments ordained by Christ, visible signs of God's covenant of grace. Baptism is a sacrament of, of entrance into the church by which believers publicly identify with the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. Which leads us to the second point that we speak about when we speak about baptism. That baptism is an association through faith. We express our union with Christ in his death and resurrection. It is an association with Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. And the clearest teaching on this is found in Romans 6, verse, verses 3 to 4. You can open your Bibles um, in Romans if you have it with you. It reads, Do you not know that all of us, do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? And so we see and we hear the idea of unity here, right? All of us with Jesus, the idea of unity. And verse 4 reads, we were buried therefore with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead, by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. In baptism, we publicly display what Jesus has done for us in his death and resurrection. You see, we live a life many times um, before we come to, to faith in Jesus, where we do things in our lives that, that is not with accordance to the word of God. Sin. I can, go, I can mention a, a, a lot of these things that we do many times. And you will know what is the, the things that you struggle with. But at this point, when we come to faith in Jesus, we leave our old life behind and we walk in newness of life. And so it is an association with Jesus, leaving our old life, burying our old life, and walk in newness of life through baptism. Baptism translates into Greek as baptizu, baptizu, <laughs> which means to immerse, to be dipped, to be, to be submerged underwater. It's not a splashing or a sprinkling of water. It really is a submergence of water. And so in the ceremonial immersion in water, we associate through faith, through faith. Otherwise, it will just be silly to do it, Right? Through faith, 
with Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. And therefore, baptism is a necessary step of obedience for continuing growth in Christ. Wayne Grudem in, in Systematic Theology said, where there is genuine faith on the part of the person being baptized, then the Holy Spirit certainly does work. Through baptism, and it becomes a means of grace through which the Holy Spirit brings blessing to the person being baptized. Uh, on the 9th of March, 1997, um, was the day I got baptized. Was the day that I um, associate through faith with Jesus. You can put that picture on. Yes. I was nine years old. Um, but that was a day and a date that I will never forget. And that is a significant thing about baptism. It is a day that you leave your old life behind and you walk into this newness of life. It is a day we associate with Jesus and what he did for us on the cross. In 2014, I've had the privilege of baptizing someone for the first time, someone that I've led to Jesus and have, and have discipled. And it's such an amazing privilege to be part of this journey with someone um, and of this moment of baptism. Water baptism, lastly, is a submission to God's kingdom. It is a sign of belonging to the new people of God. It is a submission to God's kingdom, not to our own kingdoms anymore. We take our, our, ourselves off of the throne and put Jesus on the throne because we are now part of His kingdom. It is a sign of belonging to the new people of God. Let me read this definition. But from the Bible, we, we see this being confirmed in Colossians 2, verse 11 to 12. It says, In Him also you were circumcised, with a circumcision made without hands, by putting off the body of the flesh, by the circumcision of Christ, having been buried with Him, in baptism, in which you were also raised, listen to this, with him through faith, in the powerful working of God who raised him from the dead. Baptism serves as a replacement for circumcision. You know, the people of God were, were almost, um, uh, they were known as being circumcised. And so God says, um, you are circumcised without hands by identifying with the death and burial of Jesus Christ through baptism. And therefore, you are part of my people, my family, my kingdom. It becomes a sign of your decision in faith to leave your sinful life behind and obey Christ, to become part of a different kingdom. And this is God's kingdom. And it, and it refers did you see there, it refers to through faith, which refers to believers. Um, baptism is an expression of faith, and therefore only for believers who have repented and submitted themselves to God's kingdom. And, and it is based very much on this scripture, Colossians and Romans, 
that we find the belief that it is a believer's baptism and not an infant baptism. It is for that place where you have come and you have put your faith and decision to follow Jesus and then to be baptized. We also see in Mark 1 verse 9 to 11, in those days Jesus came from Nazareth to Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And when he came up out of the water, immediately he saw the heavens being torn open and the spirit descended on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven saying, you are my beloved son, with you I am well pleased. Jesus was baptized. And so we follow in Jesus' example to also be baptized. Um, Christ wasn't baptized because he had sin, but to demonstrate his submission and his obedience to his Father. And when that moment happened, the heavens opened and God said, this is my beloved Son. Welcome. And isn't that very much the testimony of many people that are being baptized when you come out of the water and you feel, I am now part of God's family, His kingdom, God saying, my beloved son, welcome. The last scripture I want to share with you is in 1 Peter 3, verse 18 to 22. Baptism now saves you. Baptism now saves you. Not as a removal of dirt from the body, but as an appeal to God for a good conscience through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is at the right hand of God with angels, authorities, and powers having been subjected to him. Something, listen, I want to I I I say this. So, something happens when you get baptized. You know, it might seem silly to the, to the world that we do these sacraments, you know, going under the water and coming up again, or eating a little bit of bread and drinking a little bit of water. It might look silly, but something happens spiritually when you get baptized. It's not just an outward sign. It is a spiritual work of grace empowers you to overcome sin. It is something spiritual happens in all of us, and we cannot, we cannot explain it because it's godly. We cannot explain God, friends. <laughs> it's God, and this is His instruction. And so we believe that baptism is an ordinance of the Lord by which those who have repented and come to faith express their union with Christ in His death and resurrection by being immersed in water in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. It is a sign of belonging to the new people of God and an emblem of burial and cleansing, signifying death to the old life of unbelief and purification to the pollution of sin. How does this message apply to you and to me today? The question is, do we still foundationally believe this? Do we still believe it? Do we still believe that water baptism is an instruction by Jesus ordained by God? That it is an association with Jesus through faith and a wholehearted submission to God's kingdom? Because if we do, we will disciple and witness 
people being baptized. We will disciple people into baptism, into water baptism, and witness, and be part of this ceremonial and amazing sacrament. Let's pray. Let us pray. Just out of a sign of respect this morning, if everyone can close their eyes just for a moment. And um, when I prepared this message, I experienced two very distinct people today. Maybe just for a moment, just search your heart. Search your own heart when it comes to these sacraments and beliefs. It's very much similar to the Jews and the Gentiles of old, right? The first group being maybe still very religious, lawful in your thinking of baptism coming from the very formal church history a protestant way of thinking maybe and then there's also those that maybe are still a little bit rebellious or sinful running away from baptism because maybe it is just too final it is just too exposing Are you one of these this morning? If you are, will you be so willing just to raise your hand for a moment and say, this is me. I'm not going to ask you to stand or to come to the front. Just as a sign of identifying this morning with where you are at, saying, maybe I'm still religious. Or maybe I'm still just a bit rebellious comes to baptism thank you I see these hands thank you I see your hands thank you thank you I see your hand thank you and so maybe just a fresh for all of us this morning our response is still the same to this day we need Jesus to be the Lord and our Savior which is the gospel And both of these groups needs to respond by repenting and then by being baptized. (laughs) And so in your heart, don't you just want to pray with me, Lord, thank you that I can receive you this morning afresh as Lord and Savior of my life, that you sit on the throne. And this morning, Lord, we come before you and we repent of the things that we do that we shouldn't do. Lord, we want to leave our old life behind and walk in newness of life. Will you forgive us? And Lord, when the time is right, will you help me to obey you through being baptized? There's also a third group this morning. I want you to pray with me. I want you to stand If that's you. And the question is, is this foundational sacrament still true for you today? Do you still believe it? But don't you just believe it? Do you still um, disciple it? Do you still put it at the forefront of what Jesus commanded? Is it still an instruction? 
an association through faith and a submission to God's kingdom for you. And if you would like to make just a fresh commitment this morning to say, I want to disciple people into this. I want to preach this. I want to follow this. Don't you just want to stand with me this morning and make a fresh commitment saying, this is what I believe. This is what I believe. I believe this. This is who we are. Help me, Lord. To lead people in this. And so, Lord, as your people this morning, we want to come before you and make a fresh commitment, Lord, to this command that you have instructed us to lead people in. Just like you have instructed us, Lord, to go and make disciples, Lord, will you help us and lead us, not to stop there, Lord, but to lead them into water baptism and then teaching them all that you have commanded us. Thank you, Lord, this morning that you will afresh anew stir this doctrine to true, make it struggle, believe in our hearts, Lord, and make it a foundation. Make it true, make it strong. And I pray this in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.